Blog Talk Radio. Creator, 
Mother, Father, God, Source, all the one, all that is. May the ancestors hear our prayers. Ancestors, 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 we call out to you during this final quarter of 2022 and ask you to guide us to our courage, confidence, and compassion. Enable us to stop being in resistance to this new age and new earth consciousness and guide us gently and lovingly into our personal renaissance. As we dare to live our new narratives, enable us to remember that these are divinely scripted for ourselves and for our world. And most importantly, enable us to move forth from the dark ages of modernity by placing our heads below our hearts, valuing people over profits, and always choosing love over fear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. So it is. Good evening and welcome to Wisdom Walk Talk here on Black Hole Radio and my YouTube channel, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery. I am your host and guide, Jojapa Maria and Saroma, a fiery essence that came out of the water to be a vessel for the divine. October is the second and final Earth Month of this double fire year, 2022. And last month, I created a quarterly theme for my broadcast, podcast, and accompanying videos. And this theme for the final quarter of this deeply transformative year is living your renaissance. This month, I will continue to encourage and guide you to merge with this powerful energy of the new age of Aquarius with spiritual skills on be in service to the light. Thank you for joining me as I discuss the deeper meaning of being in service to the light, including what blocks us and what supports us. But first, just as a reminder that when I'm broadcasting live, you can listen through this phone number, which is area code 563-999. 3089. I will be uploading a video of this broadcast to my YouTube channel, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery, and you can ask questions or share comments on my Facebook page, Wisdom Walk Radio, my Facebook group, Wisdom Walk Community, my website, www.wisdomwalktoselfmastery.com, or in the comment sections below this video. But right now, I ask you to sit or lay back and join me for an exploration of the inner landscape where we can connect to our soul and discover the true treasure of being human. Wow, 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 wisdom walkers. We have made it into October of 2022. This is an Earth Month, the final Earth Month of this year. And so let me share with you the elemental wisdom for this week that we're in, which started on Saturday, and it is a water week, 
And then I'm going to share with you the elemental wisdom for next week, which starts on Saturday the 8th, and that will be a nature week. So here's the opportunity for this water week that we have floated into. It's about releasing what can no longer support your new journey. Yes. Call upon the power of love and the element of water to enable you to peacefully and gently bid farewell to the people, places, or things that once sustained you. Express gratitude for these were essential contributions you received to your healing and growth. But now you've outgrown their energy and it's time to make room for the new energy that is about to show up for you. Embrace vulnerability, embrace the unknown, say yes. And so, as always, when we have opportunities, there will be distractions that show up just to help us get to those opportunities, I believe, even more sincerely. And the um, four distractions to be on the lookout are, number one, fear of loss. Number two, fear of the unknown. Number three, needing to know or explain outcomes that have yet to be lived. And lastly, holding on out of false obligations and false guilt. Yeah. We want to avoid those. And really, really remember this week is the energy wants to help you move forward. So next Saturday, October the 8th, we shift into a nature week. And it's a perfect follow-up for this water week because its opportunity is all about welcoming the change. Yes, be courageous. Open the door fully to the new transformative challenges and learnings which the universe is providing in answer to and in some prayers, intentions, goals, and annual commitments. Receive the power of love and the supportive and playful energy of the nature element to experience the more of who you are. And here are three powerful distractions that can jump up when the change is showing up in our lives. And the first one is addictive behaviors in whatever form they take, drugs and alcohol, indiscriminate sexual activity, overworking, over shopping, overuse of Facebook and other social media tools and apparatus. Yeah, yeah. So again, that's avoiding dealing with the pain that, you know, this kind of energy, this transformative energy, or as Lena Stevens, one of my favorite uh, astrologers, she's a shamanic astrologer, she says that October is about tumultuous transitions. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we want to run from that stuff and bury ourselves in um, behaviors that really aren't generative. So be on the lookout for that pull to do that. Um, the next one is about being judgmental of yourself and others. Yeah, really shift out of going down that slippery slope. And then lastly, taking yourself, other people, or things too seriously. You know, this is all about change. So things that you don't like or things that are a problem, just know it's not going to last forever. It's going to change. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I hope that 
you find this information supportive for this water week that we're in and the nature week that we will be shifting into. Now, as a reminder, Saturday, October 22nd, will be our, our monthly Earth Day. And I've been focusing for the last month about the wonderful, wonderful emphasis that the EarthDay.org website has, and it's www.earthday.org, and it's about regenerative farming. And this is offering solutions to transform farmers into environmental and social societal heroes. Yeah. Regenerative agriculture is a holistic land management practice that leverages the power of photosynthesis in plants to close the carbon cycle that impacts climate change and build soil health, crop resilience, and nutrient density. Yeah, and you can find that on the website under their campaigns for regenerative agriculture. And then they also talk about the foot footprints, which I love too. I love that name. And this is about fighting climate change with diet change. A food print measures the environmental impacts associated with the growing, producing, transporting, and storing of our food from the natural resources consumed to the pollution produced to the greenhouse gases emitted. Yeah. And again, that one is under the campaign on the website. Uh, called Food Prints for the Future. Yeah. And as I always say, together we can make this planet habitable for the seventh generation that comes after us. Thank you for listening. So let me move into my overview for tonight's spiritual spill on being in service to the light. I'm going to start off sharing with you a deeper meaning of that. And then I'm going to talk about ego versus echo. And then I'm going to talk about one of the biggest blocks to our ability to be authentically in service to the light is the ego combined with the lower timeline postures of fear. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm going to leave you with a PGO, a personal growth opportunity. My quotes for tonight come from two very powerful people in the history of humanity, The first is Martin Luther King Jr. And Martin said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to have, you don't have to have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And then my second quote comes from the great Jane Goodall. 
and her love of um, the apes and, and the chimps and all the wonderful animals that she's brought our consciousness about um, on the planet. She says, you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference. And you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Yeah. That's just wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into this deeper meaning of being in service to the light. Because, you know, when you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah, Jezebel, that's just about, you know, listening to God and following God and doing good and being good, you know, blah, 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 blah. And on one level, that is true. But it's the deeper part of that is it's not just what the behaviors are that you do. It's what's underlying them. Yeah. What is underlying them? You know, and some quick examples of, you know, people who seem to be following the light were um, the people involved in um, the Spanish um, exploration of the new world, like Christopher Columbus, right? And, you know, they always traveled with priests, and the priests would come off the ship, too, and they'd carry these crosses, you know. But because of what was underneath their belief system, which was anybody who's not me, who's different than me, there has to be something wrong with them. Um, you know, they come carrying crosses, and eventually they're murderers. So that's a pretty extreme case, but it's just to let you know that this being in service to the light in an authentic and deep way is not an intellectual exercise that you practice to please your pain body or your ego. There's a lot of folks in human services, and I've been in that field um, for all of my career because I consider the short time I was a school teacher, I was still in human services. And I meet so many people who really are doing the, the work um, very codependently, uh, meaning that they want to be seen as good and they want to be seen as righteous, but they be doing and saying things that don't align with that belief system. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. And it's shocking, you know, when especially you start your career and you're young, and you're believing, right? And you're in the field and this is, people are good and it's wonderful. And then you come across the weasels and, and the rats and you're like, oh, my God, what is going on here? But, again, it is because, you know, it, it, it being in service to the light can first show up as, you know, people saying good things and maybe even doing good things, but there can be this underlying stuff. Um, coming from their ego and their pain body. Also, being in service to the light in a deeper way isn't just about doing good, but it is also about really having a commitment to be the best version of yourself and to always choose love over fear. Yeah. So that means that if you're in service to the light, you're constantly improving yourself you're constantly learning new things, you know, you're in continuous learning and growing and evolving. You know, you never tell yourself, 
oh, because I did that good thing, then um, I'm a good person and I'll always be a good person, you know. No, because we're human beings and we are going to make mistakes, you know. And I've known people in the field that have done some not good things, um, but then they cleaned it up. They woke up and they cleaned it up. So that's that's what can happen. Um, but again, you know, to really be in service, you have got to have this awareness of I've got to always be about improving myself, always learning how to choose love over fear in every challenging circumstance that I come into. Next, it's about not being in, in allegiance to human will and timing. It's about being in connection to God's will and God's timing. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really challenging one for us as humans because, you know, we want to do things in our way, in our time, and, you know. And if you're really going to be in service to the light, you have to really let go of your plans. You have to let go of your knowing, and you have to open up to learning. What is it that is really aligned with a greater order and direction? And you have to have the patience of Job. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to have patience. Um and faith goes along with that. But you have to have a deep patience and an understanding and acceptance that, you know, I may do something kind and good and, and powerful that I put a lot of energy into. It took a lot of time. But I may not live to see the fruits of that, you know. Um, one of my greatest examples of that is about, you know, one of the most powerful and considered one of the greatest pieces of literature in American literature, and that's the Moby Dick. And when Moby Dick was written by Herman Melville and comes out, like, I think it was in the 1870s, but um, it, it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't a hit for what it was really about. You know, it was like, oh, it's a good adventure story about a whale, a man chasing a whale. But the depths of that story and everything that Melville poured into it, it doesn't get understood and unraveled until the 1920s. And so he had died. He never got to see in this 3D existence how powerful, you know, this piece of literature would be for America and for the world. So, you know, again, that's just another example, but it talks about how we can't be attached to, I'm only going to do good if I get to see my rewards, if I get to experience my rewards in the timing that I think they should come. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's about a detachment as well. So to serve the light, be in service to the light, it is a challenge. It's a challenge. It's not an easy thing. Um, and especially if you are taking it on, you know, as your calling. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to bring some challenge. So here's what being in service to the light is not. Again, it's not helping codependently. Needing to be liked, loved, appreciated by what you do. Um, I got a big smackdown around that um, when I was helping out my sister when she got sick. 
um, she was hospitalized. She had an aneurysm. And so it was a whole five-month ordeal. And I sacrificed my time, my energy, you know, things that I was supposed to be doing in my life. But, uh, you know, it was my sister and I want to see her well. But there was something in me that would think, like, if she makes it through this, oh, she's going to be so grateful to me. You know, she's going to be so happy. I was there at the hospital every day starting at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I stayed until, you know, late at night, you know, all of this stuff. And what happens is when she she does make it through and when she first comes back out of where she was, she comes more back into her consciousness, she's mad at me. She's angry at me. She thinks I want to take over her life, you know. And so I didn't receive from her initially the gratitude that I was looking for. And it was painful. I ain't going to lie. It was really painful. But what I learned from that experience is I had to ask myself, so is, did you do all this just so your sister could tell you how wonderful you are? You know, she's the one with the challenges. She's the one who's trying to hear what, what's this about, you know. And I realized that, yeah, I had some codependency in it, but I quickly cleaned it up. And I realized that the real blessing, the real gift in what I did was the fact that I could do it. Exactly. Exactly. And that meant something and it translated into some things about me and, and who I am and, and the resilience I have and all that good stuff, you know. And so I learned that. I learned that if I'm going to take on doing something, I need to not be attached to how that person is going to be able to receive it or not. But I need to be clear about why I'm doing it and that, you know, I'm doing it because I can and that it's something I believe in, you know. Again, so taking on responsibility for why we're in service to the light, not doing it because, oh, I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to be, you know, given the best seat in heaven, the front row, you know, in the heavenly auditorium or whatever it is, you know. That's not, that's not how this works. Yeah, absolutely. Here's what else it's not. Um, it's any use of religious, spiritual, or new age dogma to cause harm to other people. That's not being in service to the light. And, you know, there's so many examples of that. Um, I should throw politics in there, but I'll just stick to the religious stuff. Because, you know, you hear religious doctrine or somebody, you know, sharing religious text and, and information, and right away you think, oh, they got it together, you know. But then when they be talking about exclusion and hurting somebody and going to war and stuff, you, that's like, that's not in service to the light. That's in service to their ego, but that's not in service to the light. It's also not self-proclaimed martyrdom. And this one is about how we will, again, believe that if I suffer for this person or this idea or this project, that, you know, I will get a medal for being such a good martyr. Yeah. Again, some of that's a, a, a control drama, a poor me control drama, wanting people to notice you, acknowledge you for your suffering. Yeah. That's not being in service for the light. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, trying to play Jesus on a cross. Yeah. Not a good idea. And then lastly, what it's not is believing that being in service, and this is a really important one, being in service to the light makes you better than or more special to God than anybody else or any other group of people. Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I had an experience when um, I was uh, uh, probably in my early 20s uh, with someone that I had been, you know, friends with, and then um, she began to talk about her religion, and she asked me, she said, are you saved? Meaning, you know, had I been through a ceremony in a Christian church where I called Jesus Christ my Savior? And I said to her, no, I haven't. And she was like, oh, you, you're going to burn in hell. I don't think I can be your friend. And I was just really shocked at that. I was shocked that somebody could really believe that friendship is based on <laughs> whether or not this person believes and does the same kind of religious process that you do. But, again, I learned that, yeah, that, there are people that believe that. So she saw herself as better than me, and she saw me as a threat, basically, even, um, because I wasn't following and doing exactly what she was. You know, and again, folks, this stuff we know has been going on since the dawn of man, but let's be clear that that is not being in service to the light. Yeah, it's being in service to something else which I'll talk about in a minute, but it ain't about being a service to the light. So let me talk a little bit to you about ego versus echo. And ego is definitely, I'm referring to your personal needs, wants, desires, and preferences that you learn to fulfill without consciously engaging a greater order and direction. So the I use ego as an acronym for edging God out. In other words, I'm like that two-year-old that says, when the parent says, here, let me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, no, I can do it myself, right? And this is what we do as we are, you know, first beginning to come into an awareness of who we are. You know, we want to, um, you know, experience our independence. But like a two-year-old, we will say that to God in the universe, no, I can do this myself. I got this, you know. Um, and so that's ego. And what we really need, what is required in order to experience a deeper meaning of being in service to the light is what I'm calling echo like ecology almost, right? Yeah. And it's ECO, and it means engaging cosmic opportunities. Yes, yes, yes. So that is about, yeah, I can do so much on my own, but then I get to a point where I've come to the edge of everything I know, and now I have to go into a place of connecting with a greater order and direction and the opportunities that are beyond just my sphere of the five senses. Yeah, this is when we talk about calling up a miracle. That's right. That's a, that's a part of it. So although our ego is part of our consciousness and it's required for our 3D existence for our self-actualization, self-mastery, what I talk about all the time, and the experience of independence. So we need an ego for that. But there's a next level of consciousness that integrates our singular awareness, 
because ego is all about me, to a cosmic awareness. Because what the echo experience is about, engaging cosmic opportunities, is our understanding and an acceptance that it's just not about me because I'm connected to everyone and everything in the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Very powerful, very powerful. And our echo is not just our singular psyche, okay? It is the cosmic web of relationships, and we need to do echo development, I mean ego development, to be capable of accessing this higher timeline of having, doing, and being. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means to go from the ego experience to the echo experience, it's a developmental process. You can't get to echo, engaging those cosmic opportunities, if you haven't dealt with edging God out. Yeah. So what we're talking about here is developmental, and it's the same thing that I'm, the point I'm trying to make about being in service to the light. It is a developmental process. You're always going to start out from a very codependent place, from a very egoic place, from a place of martyrdom even. That's how it will start. But if you truly want to know what an authentic experience of being in service to the light is, you have to evolve yourself, grow yourself into an echo experience, an echo mindset, a unity consciousness. That's the other word that we have for it. So let me talk about the ego and the lower timeline postures of fear um, as blocks to getting to the deeper, truly authentic experience of being in service to the light. I talked about the lower timeline a little bit in my last um, broadcast and videos um, so I just want to give you a little bit more of it. And again, there's a lower timeline and a higher timeline. And so, again, just like ego to echo, you have to first go through the lower timeline before you can get to the higher timeline. Yeah, there's no separating the stuff out. So the lower timeline is our initial experience of our human existence. I'll repeat that. Our lower timeline is our initial experience of our human existence. And it usually lasts until we get to, you know, age 40. I think that usually around 40 somewhere is when we want to start breaking open. New kids, though, the um, empaths, um, sometimes they're called the crystal children, the awakened children, um, they're really coming a little more aware than like my generation of boomers. So it may be at 30 when people are more able to, um, you know, shift, start shifting into the higher timeline. But for the most part, you're going to spend some time in the lower timeline. Yeah. This is when we receive our core wound. 
We establish a pain body and engage some or all of the five senses. So this is the touching, seeing, smelling, tasting, and hearing. Yeah. And also, we enact on inherited or conditioned belief systems from our environment of origin. Okay. So it can be our family. Um, if you were orphaned and adopted, then it's going to be whatever family took you in. Or if you were in, a, 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 you know, an orphanage um, or you got bounced around, you know, from foster home, you know, all of that will impact what your belief systems are on the lower timeline. Yeah. Sometimes I think of the lower timeline as our survival experience. Yeah. Learning how to survive in the world is very much that. And so survival comes with it a fear posture, right? It's scary. It's scary to be in a situation where I could die, right? Because that's what survival really gets to. So our ego or our sense of worth, of self-worth, will be limited or overinflated because of the lower timeline is mostly characterized by being in reaction to fear. Yeah. So here are five common postures or ways that we react in the lower timeline, this initial experience of our human existence. So the first one is denial and despair. Yeah. Second, control and attachment. Third, insecurity and codependency. Fourth, arrogance, and by that I mean knowing it all, and anxiety. Yeah, because what anxiety is about is believing that you know what's coming and it's bad. Yeah, believing in something bad coming. Yeah, that's what anxiety is about. Even though you, it hasn't happened, but you believe it's going to be bad. And then greediness. And greediness in this way, not knowing or trusting what is enough. Yeah. And the pain body really will give that to you. It loves for us to just overdo everything. That's what addiction is about. It loves that, yeah. So greediness and then envy. And envy is about comparing ourselves and our uniqueness to somebody else. And, of course, we always come up short because we're all unique and we should never be trying to compare ourselves. We can learn from others, be inspired by them, but when you start that comparison, oh, it's not a good day. Yeah, yeah. So here is my personal growth opportunity for you this week about growing your consciousness of these blocks. First, I'd like you to choose one of these five fear postures and take notice every time you experience. So for example, say you take insecurity and codependency. And so what you're going to do is just live your life, but go through your day and just Say those words at the beginning of the day, or you could write them down, insecurity, codependency. And then as you go through your day, notice when that shows up for you. And you're going to notice in the following ways. 
where are you, who are you with or around, what situation are you in, meaning are you at home, are you at work, are you in the supermarket, um, what time of day is it, and most importantly, how does it make you feel? Yeah, yeah. So I will put this in the um, – I'll put it up on my um, Facebook page and I'll also put it in the comment section below the video once I put the video out for you. We have a very good and powerful exercise to start raising our consciousness about how we are, you know, engaging in this lower timeline posture of fear and how our ego is tied into that. Yeah. So during this water this water week is a good time for this exercise. Yeah, yeah. My Sarah saying for you for tonight is life always supports us in where we prefer to be. Life always supports us in whatever changes we prefer to make. Ashe. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Mama Sarah, for that great wisdom. Wow. We have come to the close of this spiritual spill on Be in Service to the Light. And as always, I want to start off by thanking my wonderful, wonderful engineer, Ms. Yvette Parker, and to the entire Black Hole Radio Be Well family for giving me platforms so that I can be here spiritually spilling to you and doing this important work. I also want to shout out to all my regular listeners out there and viewers, and to those of you who may have wisdom walk with me and you know who you are, to my family on both coast and in the middle of the country, you know I love you guys too, to my spiritual kin everywhere, to my transformational leadership colleagues, and my medicine brothers and sisters around the world. Thank you. Big thank you. I couldn't do this without your existence and my connection to you on the planet at this time. Now, this broadcast will be repeated next Sunday, October the 9th, and I'll continue with the second live spiritual spill on being in service to the light on Sunday, October the 16th. I'll upload a video of this spiritual spill tonight, hopefully before the end of this week. And I'll also do a video that I will get out on Tuesday of the Elemental Wisdom for this week and next week to my YouTube channel, Wisdom Walk to Self Mastery. Now, I'll also be live streaming and posting my astrology for self mastery for this month. We have a... Um, full moon coming up in the sign of Aries on October 9th. So I'll make sure that I do my live stream um, right before then. And you can get noticed, you can get notified by my Facebook page or in the Facebook community, or of course, if you subscribe to my channel. And last but not least, I want to thank my God, my ancestors, my spirit guides, loving entities, everything that walks with me, Keep my head to the sky, my feet to the ground, and my heart open to do this important work with and for all of you. Please have a very healthy and safe water and nature weeks, releasing what no longer works and welcoming the change. 
continue to wear your mask. I have a friend that works in a um, Catholic school who unfortunately got COVID. Um, again, because, right, some people wearing masks, some people aren't, you know, whatever. It's just all crazy. This is still a microorganism. It hasn't gone away. Um, prayers for my friend. Um, and just remember that it's okay to wear a mask. Strengthen your immune system. Practice safe relating. Wash those hands frequently. Use the alcohol. Avoid perceived safety. Embrace science safety. And most importantly, please, please remember that you are not disposable. In fact, you are divine. Good night now. I hope you enjoy Convergence, and, and thanks again for sharing this part of your lives with us. It's been a real pleasure.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 